It's Thursday, May 18th. This is Accelerate Daily. Today, we've got Google fighting the explosion of AI deepfakes, open source news from Stability AI, chat GPT scams flooding the app stores, and the first edition of our new segment, Neural Network Nourishment. Let's get into it. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us for a uh, roundup in the last 24 hours in AI madness. Uh, the lead image from, oh, I don't even know if it's Midjourney for sure this time. It was on Twitter. Do you want to try to describe what you're looking at? Yeah, this is um, Batman, if it wasn't Bruce Wayne, but Batman. it was Salvador Dali. Uh, it's a uh, long thread in which the author of the Twitter thread actually says, everybody loves Batman, so let's use Batman to describe to explore the difference between many famous painters, artists. I love this as a really good way to engage, you know, like art education is not easy, especially because usually it's just like bowls of fruit and kids don't want to pay attention to that. This strikes me as a really good way to engage kids. People, I, I keep saying kids because it's education, but it's like people in general, right? Art is a very <laughs> niche thing to care about. But also, it's a worthwhile exploration to understand. This artist is different from this one, from this one, from whatever. And we start with Batman. You, you got my attention. Did they do a uh, Batman Rothko? I saw a Basquiat. I saw a Da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> a couple other ones. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. On to the news. Okay, first we got Google fighting deepfakes. Uh, Ars Technica reporting, as AI-generated fakes proliferate, Google plans to fight back. Google will track image provenance, label AI-generated image display metadata. The interesting thing they point out, in the, there's a quote in the article itself that says, you know, uh, we used to not have Photoshop, and then we had Photoshop, and everybody adopted to the idea that when you say, nah, that's Photoshopped, like it's a legitimate defense to a suspect imagery. So largely, the author goes down that route in terms of just sort of saying, yeah, this is the thing we'll deal with. I think the interesting thing here is the idea of image provenance. Mm -hmm. Not so much in the deepfake context, but the idea that we're finally getting on board with the idea that we need to, if we want photographic evidence to be trustworthy, we need to start thinking about things like chips on all of our cameras that tag the original image and store that in a place where we can verify this. Uh, I actually had an early project I was working on where I um, wanted to do that with body cam footage uh, for police. The idea of, can you take the footage, hash it, store it on a public blockchain, something like that, so that you can always check the provenance of possibly incriminating footage. Yeah, that's a good idea. I, I, don't, I think that there's a customer market mismatch there. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the people, the people who should buy it aren't going to want to buy it. Um, but it's... I'm also thinking about like stolen content, right? So this is kind of, that was like why NFTs, especially for like photographers mattered because somebody could go do like adventure photography, climb a mountain and take a picture at the top and say like, I made this. And then there was like people just downloading that NFT and then making a new adventure photography collection without having done the labor, right? So this kind of provenance is interesting for like lifestyle, art, status. Um, and it kind of leads into like future of work conversations, like, that the status of like climbing a mountain and being able to take a picture from the summit, I think should be verifiable. And I hope to see that on, on kind of some other platforms. I actually have someone on LinkedIn I've talked to a little bit who, who is the head of provenance. It's called something else, but there's actually a position at Adobe that worries about this kind of stuff. 
though. Not a surprise that Google's also paying attention. And also not a surprise that they are now really having to move on it with the flood of deep fakes coming out because of uh, things like actually our next story. So uh, let's jump to that one. This one is from the Department of Open Source News. Uh, the Verge reporting Stable Studio is Stability AI's latest commitment to open source AI. Uh, this is Stability AI announcing a web based text to image studio app that's open for everybody to use. Yeah, this is wicked because I've been using the automatic 11.11 and it basically just like bricks my computer. It uses 100% of the GPU. I can't do anything else for like the whatever 20 minutes that the neural network's loading. So I'm looking forward to playing with this tool. This is exciting. The idea, again, that there are open source players in this space, you know, is super, super interesting. But also that it's taking this form, right? Uh, the fact that ChatGPT is just a chat interface that you can go talk to and it does stuff and that stability is chasing the same idea makes it way more like the stuff we've talked about here, right? The, the, the eventual emergence of just sort of ambient intelligence or sort of amb- ambient generative capacity. Stable diffusion in particular is currently, like you said, a, dif- a difficult one because you got to have the, the GPU, CPU power to run it locally if you want to actually use it for stuff. Stability sees that problem too, and they're, they're fixing it. <laughs> so more deep fakes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the, um, the install guide. It's real easy, guys. Definitely go try this out. It's like four commands in the terminal. It might take you, you know, 10, 20 minutes, but uh, it's definitely worth that effort. The link will be in the description. Next up, we got scam chat GPT apps from Wired. ChatGPT scams are infiltrating the App Store and Google Play. This felt like I needed to put this one in here as a, as a public service announcement, almost. I don't know if anyone hanging out on TikTok has started to see these ads. And they all use OpenAI's logo. And they all make me think of like the era of crypto where, where James Altucher's picture was everywhere saying, this Bitcoin millionaire thinks the next big thing is whatever. But it does seem that what they call them scams, but what the article is referring to is apps that are just using the fact that you can plug into ChatGPT's API and provide essentially ChatGPT, but then they're putting sketchy pay-to-play schemes on top of it, which is the problematic piece. So the PSA part is watch out for apps like that. I wanted to hear what you thought about this, Mac, because... This is kind of a direct attack on me, I think. It's a little bit what you're doing. (laughs) Yeah. Please swear. Please swear. No, it can't be free. And so, like, listen, other other competitors to ChatGPT like should exist. There are improvements that can be made on ChatGPT, like what I'm doing with GPT Plus. I feel like a lot of these are just like SEO plays. You know what I mean? Like, oh, how can we come up for when somebody searches ChatGPT? How many times can we like stuff the keyword ChatGPT into whatever metadata the app store uses to search and then get paid for that? But for somebody to make an improvement on OpenAI's technology outside of OpenAI, I still have to pay OpenAI, right? So that's why it can't be free like ChatGPT. ChatGPT is subsidized by OpenAI. It's subsidized by like Microsoft and VC funds, which I did not get access to when I was starting my company. So it's not it's not fleeceware. It's just like a normal service. It's just, right. it's just well, a so normal business. <laughs> the, the reason, like I said, I wanted to throw it in there is the PSA part is these apps do strike me as sketchy, the ones I've poked at. But because they don't explain that you're not, they, they don't explain that they're not 
ChatGPT in the way that everyone is thinking and the way that they're selling. They literally use OpenAI's logo, right? Yeah. And they're called something weird like ChatGPT with two Ts. Wait, ChatGPT does have two Ts. With three Ts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two of the, one of the Ts doubled. And then it's unclear when you're clicking through how you're paying for this stuff. And so they end up charging a rate that's, that you don't know until it's too late that you paid way too much for asking ChatGPT five questions. Mm-hmm. You, on the other hand, are building a legitimate business on top of the fact that there is API access to these tools. Your pricing structure is reasonable. You're not pretending to be something that, you, you know, like you said, it's not an SEO play in the same way. It's not a trick you into thinking this is chat GPT, but on your phone, which is, which is what's happening here. The PSA part is watch out for those apps. Okay, this one is, this one is some uh, mission control news. In fact, if you are listening to this on Thursday, May 18th, uh, we've got from KNX News in Los Angeles, KNX News to present live town hall on AI's impact on life in SoCal and beyond. Ramsey Brown, the founder of Mission Control and sometimes host, co-host of this show, uh, is going to be on a panel with a bunch of other uh, cool sort of thought leaders and people talking about the impact of AI and all kinds of things. We've got Justine Bateman is on the panel with him as well. I'm uh, going to be talking about the impact in screenwriting and, and stuff like that. So there will be a link to where you can sign up to check out the live stream. And if you're early enough, you can submit questions via email. So uh, jump in and do that. Without further ado, neural network nourishment. Neural network nourishment. Uh, some, of the, uh, some of the other options that ChatGPT threw out for this that I liked was machine learned morsels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, machine learning menu. Silicone savories, that almost won. <laughs> and cheering tasties. But even that part of it is like is, is, is worth mentioning because the reason we want to add this segment in here is because Mac and I have had a number of conversations where, we, where, where we're, we're both at startups in the space doing stuff, but we're, we're building on top of the AI and we're building with the AI and providing services that are emergent from this, this world. At the same time, we're both uh, marketers who are like, okay, but I can also use these tools to do things and it's hard to learn how. And so we thought a lot of our viewers, a lot of our listeners probably have the same, same sort of impulse that is it, it's so much happening so fast that it's really hard to sort of, you know, and, and, and honestly, I don't find those like social posts that say, here's a hundred ways to use prompts to blah, 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 yeah. to be particularly helpful. I can only ingest so much at once. Yeah. So. And, and then as well, prompts are not necessarily that powerful, right? Like I wanted to, I wanted to go above and beyond for kind of the audience that I've developed uh, over on TikTok and um, the audience that would be interested in mission control and stuff like that to show, because I think that everybody's kind of accepted at this point that like, okay, AI is extremely powerful. AI is proliferating. It's going to be everywhere. And then now the kind of next thing to knock down is like, how am I supposed to use this, right? There's no clear, this is the optimal way to use the energy that we put into AI. So I wanted to start giving out these recipes uh, to say, like, here is an option. This is something that you can do with AI as it is right now that would save you a lot of time. So um, without further, further ado, like, we'll start on this recipe in particular. Uh, this is a very simple recipe, and this takes AI transcripts from, there's like a lot of AI tools out there. The one that I have used that I like is called Fireflies.ai. And um, Fireflies will sit on like a Zoom or a Google Meet. It's not in Riverside yet. 
But then I think it, it runs the audio to Whisper from OpenAI or some other you know, audio to text machine learning model. Um, so it produces a transcript. And then it also parses the audio sources by like username. So it knows which user is saying which audio and assigning the transcription to that. So at the end of the transcription, we get this nice long text block of everything that was said in the meeting. And so we could scan through it and uh, send some of that data to OpenAI in really specific ways in order to parse that data into something that we could use to interface with other software. So the way that this code block on screen starts, and you should be watching the video to get the most out of this. And if you're not, if you're watching on the podcast, there should be a link attached that goes to gptboss.com where you can review the code block. So this is, this is kind of like a toy code block. This isn't something that you would copy and paste and like be ready to go because that would just be too complicated to kind of run through everything. So this is just the core idea of the recipe that you would go and implement yourself or pass to a dev deployment. And it starts with a priming sequence. This is a pattern that I kind of developed independently to use the phenomenon few-shot learning to get OpenAI to do different things. So OpenAI requires that ChatGPT and GPT-4 API calls start with a message. Uh, messages are a JavaScript object that have a role parameter and a content parameter. And the very first one always has to be system. And this is where you tell the AI what it is and how it's supposed to behave, as well as any additional background information. And this information gets taken up much easier in GPT-4 than GPT-3.5 GPT Turbo, as it's known to developers. So in this case, we say, you are a task detection AI working at a company called whatever the company is. You have the following coworkers. Uh, so Adam, who has an ID of four, Ramsey, previous co-host, who has an ID of three, and Mackenzie, who has an ID of five. Please review the following summary and return a JSON object of the task and employee ID. That's the system message. And then we use, so that would be zero shot learning. If we just applied the transcript at that point and hoped for the best, that would be zero shot. But I find that zero shot learning usually isn't sufficient. So I've introduced a, a method of like few shot learning using this priming sequence where the user posts one small part of the transcript or like an example transcript that we're previously, you know, we already have and we're manipulating manually where Adam says, hey, Mackenzie, can you please make a note to use AI to create some ad collateral? And so then I tell the AI after that that it responds with a JSON object that's properly formatted. And then we pass the large transcript and hope to get an array of responses back, right? So then after that, where we just kind of comment out, like this is where your transcript goes, um, I show how to actually call OpenAI and then how to get the response and then what to do with it afterwards, which is generally OpenAI is going to tell you, yeah, sure, no problem. I'm going to parse that right away. Here's what you're looking for. So you need to use regex to pull that object out of the um, text block. And then after you use the regex to get the JSON, then you can process the JSON and send it forward to whatever software you're using. If it's GitHub Projects or ClickUp or Notion or whatever the case is. All of those have accessible APIs that a developer could put these new objects into. And then now what you have is meetings directly to a to-do list inside of whatever project management software you're using. And it's, it's very few lines of code, remarkably small. That's exactly what I was about to call out which is like including the comment, it's what, 25 lines of code? Yeah, for everything. So to like fetch the transcript and then to post the transcript to your um, software of choice, it would probably be around 100 lines. That sounds like a lot of lines of code. If you don't understand code, the people that do realize it's not crazy. Either way, it's a great recipe to sort of launch this, this segment with because it's a really good example of there are the day-to-day applications of this stuff. Like, hey, I'm a marketing manager and I can use ChatGPT for some things. But where this really gets crazy and that's hard to explain to people without examples is this is 25 lines of code that just replaced an intern working like all day. Or it frees up the marketing manager to focus on strategy. Instead right. Of task which, is, which is the real startup world that you and I are in 
yeah. which is, you know, I would have to spend all day parsing this transcript into downstream shareable content, things like that. Five lines of code. And that's such a magnificent waste of your experience, right? Yeah, right. So <laughs> what, what, these, what these codes do, or like what this recipe does is I think for, like per person that this is working for, like per organization, I think it would save about a thousand hours over like the course of the year. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, yeah, so we'll keep, we'll keep uh, uh, wrapping these up with, with uh, neural network nourishment, little tidbits like this. I think, I think our listeners, viewers will appreciate this look, this kind of stuff. And anybody who's listening, if you have suggestions or stuff you'd like to cover in terms of how this can work, what you can use it for, we'll, uh, we'll slot it in there because we're here every day. I, I would really appreciate some suggestions on what other recipes to do because it's just kind of, I, like I have so many, I don't know where to start. And then if there's a case that I haven't considered before, like last day, we were talking about using neural networks to store um, doctor-patient consults into insurance forms, right? So I would never have come up with that on my own until a doctor reached out to ask me for this. So if you're, if you're wondering how AI can like, automate your job, definitely reach out. I'd be happy to show you. Okay, let's wrap this sucker up. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, this has been Accelerate Daily for Thursday, May 18th. Uh, like and subscribe wherever you're listening to this. If you're on podcast, leave a review. Let us know what you think. And come back tomorrow for more artificial intelligence news. I've been Adam. I've been Mackenzie. See y'all.